this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Folks, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcoming you to episode 140 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Miss Cloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Woot! Yep. <clears throat> and uh, we typically start our show with some old business. We have no old business today. No old business. No so old business. On to the new business. New uh, new business is usually new album releases, so let me pull up my Spotify playlist for the last two weeks. That's, that sounds about right. Alright, let's check this out. Okay, so what I've been... Alright, well, if you decide to fucking work today or not, whatever. Hold on. I think Pokemon has been uh, ruining my <laughs> ruining my phone usage here. Oh, oh. <laughs> how dare it! I know. All right, so let's go to nine twenty eight, which is I think the week ending, uh, the last time we recorded a podcast. Uh-huh. All right, let's go back up here. So it's more recently played, or nine twenty five. Sorry, nine twenty five. So of course, we had the new Deftones record, uh, Ohms, which is very good. Uh, I know you're not particularly a fan of Deftones, but I am, and they never fail to disappoint. I mean, they they never disappoint. They fail. They never <laughs> fail to impress. They never fail to disappoint. <laughs> they never fail to impress. They're very good. <laughs> damn it! And I think uh, reading a couple of the uh, articles about this particular album is that in the last album, Gore, Stephen Carpenter, who's a guitarist, felt he he didn't particularly like the album, so he didn't feel like he was very involved in it. Uh, but he got a lot more involved with this record. You can tell because it's a lot more guitar-driven on mm. this record. Okay. Very good. Some really heavy bits. Uh, but Deftones, again, they never fail to impress. New record by Alpha Wolf, which is pretty good. It was like a, I think it was, it was more like a hard rock metalcore type thing. Uh, Cataclysm's new record was really fucking good. Uh, Transitus by Arion. Uh, listen to it. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. The one thing that that bothers me about it, and I have a I have a hard time with this in, a, in um, concept albums typically, is narration. I think it takes me out of it a little bit. Um, but I was having a conversation with Pat via Facebook comments. But I think it, it was um, there's a lot more going on in this story that is more visual because it, there's a, a accompanying graphic novel. I think it's a biblical story. Okay, but. Either way, there's a lot more stuff that has to be explained that can't be explained via song. Mm-hmm. Like the song is a dialogue, and then the, nar- the narrator sets the scene kind of thing. And some most times it takes me out of the, the experience. Um, but I think in this case it's necessary. Gotcha. Uh, I had to listen to it again because uh, I listened to it while I was working out. But this, the parts that I did get, the, that I did hear clearly, uh, sucked me in. A lot of really good vocal performances. I was really impressed with um, the the lead the lead vocalist from uh, Oceans of Slumber. She did a really good job as one of the characters mm-hmm. uh, on this. Of course, you know the this, the the mainstays of his uh, ensemble cast as of late was you know Simone Simon and, and every everybody else. Very good, very good. Mm-hmm. So again, I had to really sit down and listen to it again, but I did enjoy it. Cool. I did not listen to it yet. You still waiting for your copy? Well, my copy has been delayed. I we have uh, we can 
I can access it, but I mean, I just I'm not in a rush. Uh, this one, oh no, I did not mean to. I wanted to go to the record. Uh, the the new record by the Ocean. Uh, this is the second of their they're doing um, um not a double album but two albums back to not back to back either because there's several years between them. Um, but this is the second of the uh, Fen Era Zoic album. Mm-hmm. I think this has to do with a lot of um, pre uh, billions of years ago type of thing. Is because uh, there's songs about the uh, the Jurassic era, the Triassic era, um, just a lot of you know. Good. It's just a lot of really good music, uh, progressive, of course, uh, from Germany. And the good thing about this particular record is again. Like they did with the uh, the Plagial album, is they have the um, the regular album and then right behind it the instrumentals, mm-hmm. and it's fucking great. It's fucking great. Really good shit. Let's see what else we have here. I haven't listened to that one just yet. Obsidian Kingdom. I I think that was pretty good. I don't remember if I listened to it or not. Who was next? All right. So this week that. What did we listen to? Haven't listened to the new Six Feet Under yet. Oh, this is all the stuff that came out this week. Okay. So I have to catch up on that. I did listen to the new Enslaved record, though. Mm-hmm. That was really fucking good. Cool. That was really good. Um, a band called Tala, which is from Pennsylvania, they have a pretty good record out. Uh, they're more of a, like, they call themselves New Core, which is uh, okay. All right. Um, the new Amaranth album came out, and that's a lot of fun. But on the dock, we got Corey Taylor's solo album, Iron Angel, uh, a couple other ones. So these will be the ones I talk about next time. I don't remember that. All right, so let me go to one more playlist here. So it's the week before that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, like, Heathen, um, Future Palace was a a decent one. Fintroll, that one was a lot of fun. That one was a lot of fun. The Napalm Death Record, which which was pretty good. Uh, a little bit different than I expected. There's a couple of uh, slower bits yeah. um, in it. Um, a little bit longer than I expected. Uh, all in all, very good. Very good. Uh, Fit for a King has a new record out. They're pretty good. I haven't listened to it yet, but um, Derek Sherinian released a new solo record. Uh, so I got to get in on that one. Uh, Carnation was a good one. Fires in the Distance. This was a very good one. This was... Um, Kind of in this, almost in the same vein, it was like a kill switch engage. Mm-hmm. Was a very, very happy with that one. Um, there's a couple I haven't listened to. Oh, Varg's new record was very good as well. Very good. Yeah, there's a couple of ones I still have to catch up on, but other than that, that's what I've been listening to uh, as far as uh, new releases go. Cool. And of course, those some of them will come back into play when we do our albums of the day. Okay. Um, so then, what else have we been listening to? Um, so occasionally just go to the iPod on shuffle, depending on how my car is acting. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't hook up to my, uh, to my spot, of, to my phone right away, I'll, and if the iPod comes on and something that's good, I'll listen to it. Um, lots of Devin Townsend this weekend. Um, not for any particular reason other than, you know, it's relatively safe to play around the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically his, uh, Epic Cloud record. So, um... Really nothing much out of the ordinary. I mean, I kind of fell behind. I finished up one of our uh, 10 word reviews this week, and I have to start the next one that I'm participating in. Uh, so that's that's on the docket for next week. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. 
I have been working on the Tamil Review stuff, um, but for our road trip, typically Lindsay and I have a uh, routine for our road trip where we listen to uh, the soundtrack to The Batman, The Brave, and The Bold. Yes, I remember um, this. Then we listen to Dr. Horrible soundtrack, and then something Arion. And this time around, I got we got up to listening to uh, Arion Universe, the live album they did last year. Um, just got a bunch of singers together and just did the best Oh, yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, it's the best of, and there were some, some tracks on there that I, would, I found questionable. <laughs> but but it, was, it was good. The, the, a lot of the voices that they got were good. Um, I think we were, we were kind of griping a little bit about how like, they got Marco on there. It's like, oh, you could have used Marco a lot more than that. <laughs> Marco seems to be underutilized in a lot of things that he does. So, yeah, he, they could have used him a lot more. Uh, but it was good. Um, and aside from that, not much else. I just, like, the last, this past week into this weekend, it's just been very busy with work. Because uh-huh. I had to catch up before my schedule changes. So it's like, um, So I haven't had a chance to listen to much of anything outside of that realm. So... Gotcha. So, so are we ready for albums of the day? Albums of the day, which All I right. took, which I took myself out of. So there's going to be well. Very there's the first, me. the first week. Um, you you're still in it. Yeah. Uh, but the this past week you you, you removed yourself. Yeah. Um, so you listened to the na- new Napalm Death. Yes. And then I listened to Death Symbolic, of course, classic fucking record. And the reason I, I listened to that specifically is because the week that weekend I listened to the synthwave uh, cover of it. Yes. And um, yeah, it just kind of reignited some some fucking uh, death love. All right, which one did you listen to? Then oh, was it Hammerfall or Falconer? Falconer. Falconer. Uh, no, no, that was Static X. Oh, that you were Static X. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, because you listened to Static X. I listened to the new Heathen record. Uh, that was very good. Uh, well, let's see what else we got in here. All right, the next day, I listened to Fin Troll, and I think you were Ministry. Uh, yes, Americant. Yes, Americant, and I listened to the new Fin Troll record. Very good, very good. Next up for myself was Fire in the Distance, their newest record, and I th- forget what was that, Mr. Bungle. You were Mr. Bungle. All right, you were Mr. Bungle. Next up. Uh, what did I listen? Oh, Deftones, uh, Ohms, and then Andrew WK. Andrew WK. Andrew WK. I get wet. Yes. Fucking classic, classic record. Yeah, I just needed some fun in my life. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so this is when you start taking yourself out. So I fin- I started the week off with the new Oceans record. Again, I told you that was very, very good. Then Arion Transitus, the new Varg record. Oh, well, this was. October Rust. October Rust. Of course, October Rust. It's the 1st of October. And then last but not least, on Friday, I listened to the new Enslaved record, Utgard. Utgard. Uh, very, so fucking good. I love that fucking band. So, that was Albums of the Day for the Shred Shack. Awesome. So, we ready to move on. Ready to move on to, to obituaries. Unfortunately, we have three. Ugh. I know. It's tough. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Original Van Halen bassist Mark Stone has passed away after a battle with cancer. 
Now, I did not know they had a bassist before Michael Anthony. So this is something new for me. Uh, so a little history here. Mark was the bass guitar player in the pre-Van Halen band Mammoth from 1972 until 1974. Along with Stone, Mammoth featured Eddie Van Halen on lead vocals and guitar and Alex Van Halen on drums. In early 1974, vocalist David Lee Roth joined the group, which shortly thereafter changed its name to Van Halen. By around mid-1974, Stone's Van Halen bandmates felt that his commitment to school outweighed his interest in pursuing music professionally and decided to look for another bass player. Michael Anthony from the Pasadena area band Snake was chosen as Stone's replacement, and Stone remained on good terms with his former bandmates and attended Eddie Van Halen's marriage to Valerie Bertinelli in 1981. Dude, we don't need you to be intelligent. <laughs> Bro, you're just a bass player. Uh, next up, former Trivium bassist Brent Young, who played on the band's debut album in 2003's Ember to Inferno, passed away. Um, there was no cause of death in the uh, article. So we got to also assume that he was also relatively young. Yes. Um, and last but not least here, trauma vocalist Donnie Hillier passed away on Monday, September 28th, following a brief battle with an unspecified illness. Now, Trauma was uh, Cliff Burton's band before he was in Metallica. Mm. All right, that's it for obituaries. Okay. Short but sweet, unfortunately. So, let's go on to general news. General news. Massacre. So, we talked about Massacre. Two guys left the band on bad terms. Yes. But they have announced their new lineup already. So, joining original singer Cam Lee and bassist Michael Borders, our guitarist Oroga Yon... Uh, uh, jo- Johansson, Johansson, who is in uh, Paganizer, Paganizer, uh, John Johnny Peterson from God's Forsaken, Wombath, and Henry Kane, and Scott Fairfax, Memoriam as the World Dies. So that's three guitarists, uh, along with drummer uh, Bayanajar Helgeton. So they went from one guitarist to three. <laughs> wow! In the span of like a few days. Just kind of compensating, like we don't need you. We have yeah. three new guys. I just got making it rain guitarists over here. Apparently, all right. Man of War bassist Joe Joey DeMeo will launch a new podcast and blog called "Worlds of Power." Words of power, not worlds. Although it is Man of War. Uh, DeMeo states, "Words of Power" coming to you as podcast and blog is a way for me to reach people directly and address topics that I think will be interesting and of value to you. It is also a platform for you to reach me so that I can address things that you would like to hear, not just about my music and Man of War, but other things. So, yeah, And Icarus yeah. is not interested in that. <laughs> He's walking away. He's like, it's Man of War. Fuck, whatever. Alright. Tuesday, October 6th, we'll see the release of the documentary film Bay Area Godfathers. Issued as part of the popular Inside Metal series, Bay Area Godfathers was directed by Bob Nalbandinian yeah, okay. and uh, produced by Warren Croyle and features in-depth interviews with Bay Area metal icons and pivotal players, musicians, managers, journalists, and label execs. Bay Area Godfathers is a two-part movie. Part two will be released separately and is the fourth movie in the Inside Metal series. The previous titles, Pioneers of L.A. Hard Rock and Metal, L.A. Metal Scene Explodes, and The Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal all received rave reviews worldwide. Featured are Metallica, Megadeth, Exodus, 
YNT, Testament, and many more. The cast includes Lars Ulrich, Dave Medichetti of YNT, Steve Zetrozuza, and Tom Hunting of Exodus, Dave Ellison of Megadeth, Dave Lombardo of Slayer, Suicidal Tendencies, and Eric Peterson of Testament, among many others. So that should be, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I would love to see that. Alright, unfortunately, Ananthema have announced plans to, quote, go on an indefinite hiatus as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, which is sweeping the globe. I mean, I'm not surprised. They're they're kind of here and there. Yeah. So. All right. A man who is... I'm sorry, I skipped one. After more than 10 years of successfully working together, Nuclear Blast has announced the Polish tech, me- tech death masters, decapitated, have decided to refresh their bond and have re-signed with the German metal label for another era of extreme metal. Woot. All right. A man who was seriously injured by a stage diver at a 2017 punk rock concert has scored a $2 million settlement. According to the New York Post, 46-year-old Jason uh, Kukin was temporarily temporarily paralyzed after another concert goer landed on his head at the end of a set by special guest's agnostic front. This individual walked right past security, climbed on the stage, pointed and then corkscrewed his body over the band's lead singer, flipping directly onto Mr. Cookin's head, Cookin's attorney Mark Morris said in a statement. He immediately fell to the ground and lost feeling in his extremities. Cookin underwent emergency spinal surgery at Jersey Shore University Medical Center and spent months in a rehabilitation facility. In March of 2019, Cookin sued Asbury Audio Incorporated, which organized and produced the April April 2nd, 2017 Doing It for Dave benefit concert, claiming the company was negligent in allowing stage diving to happen. The company eventually settled for $2 million, the maximum amount allowed by their insurance company. I wonder, I really hope that the stage diver feels bad about that. Right, I wonder like what kind of injuries, if any, he sustained. Probably none. And the thing is, like he's, this guy seems to have sued just the company, not the stage diver himself, or the band. Yeah, you know, it's typically like it's like one of those things where people are like, I'm going to sue the the venue, the promoter, the band, the guy, his mother, his sister, you know, everything. So, but that was that's interesting. Yeah. All right, so Ice Nine Kills. We have mentioned them before. I've listened to them a couple of times. They're like a horror themed yes. band, uh, but they have once again broken new ground when it comes to finding ways to connect directly to its cult like fan base. This time with the launch of Psychos Only Club. The innovative app-based community will provide access to a private community of like-minded fans in one location as well as unprecedented access to all things Ice Nine Kills, including band member social media feeds, music videos, photo galleries, tour dates, merchandise, and updates about the band. The new app is available on Android, iOS, and on the web at psychosonly.club. That is cool. Well, I'm just it's it's I mean it's cool that that people are able to find more ways to to kind of develop their fan clubs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I like the one album I've heard from Ice Nine Kills, so it's cool to hear that they have such a rabid following. Right. So they seem to be like a little bit tamer of a version of um, Juggalos. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it out there. You just want to talk about Juggalos. Juggalos, those fuckers. All right, Atreyu have announced the departure of vocalist Alex Varkatez. 
Uh, the group's remaining members broke the news of Alex's official exit in a social media post uh, where they write, We have been in band for over 20 years, lived our dreams together as friends and as brothers, we've traveled the world doing what we love, and have been fortunate enough to play music for such an incredible fan base that provides us with an opportunity to share our greatest moments with them. Now a time of change has come for us all. Alex is sailing off on a ship of his own and will part ways with Atreyu. He will not disappear. Oh, he will not disappear, and neither will Atreyu. Apparently, it seems very amicable. So far, anyway. Just, just the, the the thought of like he's sailing away on his own boat, in which to that boat we are going to shoot a flaming arrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's sailing for the gray heaven havens, like at the third, fourth, and fifth ending of the Return of the King. Annie Lex playing in the background. Anyway, ACDC has released the first official photo of its reunited la- lineup featuring frontman Brian Johnson alongside drummer Phil Rudd, bassist Cliff Williams, and guitarist Angus Young and Steve Young. Stevie Young. So apparently they also have a new album coming out. There's no date for it yet called Power Up. And their new song is featured in a new Dodge commercial. So ACDC is making moves. So I haven't... I haven't heard the song. I think the album I think you title... have heard this song for the last 40 years. Okay, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's true, but I think the album title sucks. <laughs> like, I thought Rock or Bust was bad. Power but, Up, dude. Power but, Up. But Power Up is pretty bad. Power Up. All right. You ready for So Let It Be Written? Uh, remind me what this one's about? Books. Oh, uh, okay, cool. It's written. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Ross Halfin and Rupert's Publications have announced the publication of Pete Way by Ross Halfin, a 240-page celebration of UFO's iconic bass player containing classic and unseen images by music photographer Ross Halfin, and exclusive new interviews. And uh, okay, well, okay, new interviews with Phil Moog of. Um, UFO, Andy Parker of UFO, Neil Carter of UFO, Ozzy Osbourne, Kirk Hammett, Gary Lee, Phil Collin of Def Leppard, Joe Elliott of Def Leppard, Rick Savage of Def Leppard, Slash, Steve Harris, Rick Nielsen, Michael Schenker, Phil Lewis of LA Guns, or Phil Lewis is LA Guns, anyway, uh, Jeff, Jerry Laffey, and more, compiled by Mojo writer and author Mark Black, Black, Black Blake, Blake, Blake. Wow, you were just messing with I know, I know. I'm hungry. All right. Phil, oh my God. Thin Lizzy, every album, every song. A book examining each one of Thin Lizzy's songs will be released on November 27th via Sonic Bond Publishing. This book presents a history of the band through its music. It covers every song released through official channels presented in context. From the difficult early years of the early 70s, which did produce the surprise hit single Whiskey in the Jar via their breakthrough album Jailbreak, and the heavy rock excesses of the early 1980s, this book follows the evolution of Thin Lizzy and its stellar cast of guitarists from start to finish through their music track by glorious track. Cool, but I'm not a Thin Lizzy fan. Yeah. So. But it's still cool. Alright, so we cover a couple of areas here that are not, we have no news in. Such as, there hasn't been any new 
cancellations, postponements, or anything of shows. So no one's worried about not spreading the disease. Okay. No one has been in the hospital recently, so no one's not feeling well, and no one's getting better. We're just kind of status quo. Okay. No one's breaking the law that we know of. For now. Metallica hasn't broken any shit recently. Wow. But people have been feuding. Of course. They've been feuding. People be feuding. All right, so Burton C. Bell has officially announced his departure from Fear Factory, explaining that he, quote, cannot align himself with someone whom he does not trust or respect. Bell's exit from Fear Factory comes more than two weeks after guitarist Dino uh, Cazares launched a GoFundMe campaign to assist him with the production costs associated with the release of Fear Factory's long-awaited new album. We can read the statement from the article. But, yeah, so I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. So here's what Bell says. And it says, in my own words, I consider myself a private person, preferring to keep my personal business to myself, yada, yada, yada. I make my public statements uh, with thoughtful intent, never deviating from the truth in spite of the constant series of dishonest representations and unfounded accusations from past and present band members, a toxic drama I choose not to be part of. The past several years have been profoundly agonizing, with these members bleeding my passion with depraved deceit. As a direct consequence of their greed, these three have dragged me through the unjust judicial system, resulting in the legal attrition that has financially crippled me. In the end, these three members have taken possession of my principal livelihood. However, they will never take my 30-year legacy as the beating heart of the machine, a legacy that, that no other member, past or present, can ever claim. So it was after considerable contemplative soul-searching that I have come to the realization that I cannot lie to myself, yada, yada, yada. I am announcing to my fans my departure from Fear Factory to focus all my energy and attention toward the continuing success of Ascension of the Watchers and my future endeavors. He goes on to talk about the, uh, the new project. Okay. All right. So later on, Fear Factory guitarist Dino says that he found out via social media that Burton Bell was leaving the band. So Burton never told him. So there's stuff like that. Okay. So here's Dino on Rob Flynn's podcast. He says, our singer for the last 30 years decided to leave the band. He was a statement. I found out about it via social media. Uh... He doesn't want to really, he didn't, what he was talking about, he didn't really want to get to what Burton's statement says because a lot of, it's just a lot of nonsense. What I noticed is that he doesn't take responsibility for all the legal actions that went down. He says, most of the people know that we were in a legal battle for the last three plus years trying to sort out this Fear Factory name situation. And him and I were sued separately in separate courts. The other two ex-band members decided to take us to court, which led to me and Burton going bankrupt in several, in separate states. Dino was in California. He, uh, Burton was in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, a few months ago, Burton's trademark ownership became available, so I ended up purchasing it, which is why Dino is now the sole owner of the Fear Factory name. Uh, I don't want to get into the gory details. I don't want to have to throw anybody under the bus. But if anybody wants to see the truth, they can go and Google the paperwork, Google our names, and you'll find it. It's all there. It's all black and white, yada, yada, yada. And then in another statement, Dino says, now, this is via his social media, so he had time to actually write this one out and not just, you know, respond. Uh, he says, the departure of the dry lung vocal martyr. 
Uh, last week, Burton Bell announced his depart- uh, decision to leave Fear Factory. We were all sad and surprised by the news that was not discussed with anyone within the Fear Factory camp, as he was not spoken to anyone for, over- for well over a year, which has made communication difficult. With our upcoming new album penned for a 2021 release, it is sad that he has chosen to do this. There has been a lot of speculation as to why this has happened, with many fans posting negatively, uh, negativity and sometimes very hurtful personal comments on all our social media platforms, mainly directed at myself. There are, however, a lot of inaccuracies and inconsistencies in Burton's statement posted on his website, and as always, there are two sides to every story. So he goes on to say that after a long court battle with the two ex-band members, Burton lost his legal rights to own the Fear Factory name. I have, I had the opportunity to do something right, and I felt that obtaining the name in full was the right thing to do for both of us. So after nearly four years, we can continue as Fear Factory to make more records and to tour. That is why it is sad to hear that he decided to quit, and in my opinion, for whatever reason, whatever issues he has, it seems like it could have been worked out. I respect his decision, although I don't understand it. I think sometimes people just need to make big changes in their lives. Even though I'm getting blamed for his departure, I'm not mad because I am a pretty secure and strong individual. I forgive all the lies, negativity, and the blame that has come from him and from some of the fans because I don't really know what he is going through, and some people handle a great loss differently to others. And he goes on to say, uh, talk about the GoFundMe and uh, you know the, the release of the album. So they're just going back and forth, it seems like. Okay. So, I'm sure we will be talking about this in old news and future podcasts. Yeah. It sounds like it could be a lot worse than it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, speaking of things that could be a lot worse than it is, or are, is a lot worse, also feuding is ex Marth drummer uh, Frederick Anderson. He has blasted his former bandmates for allegedly being, quote, perfectly fine erasing, unquote, his 17-year stint with the group and preventing him from getting his, quote, rightful share of the rights to publishing, unquote, to the Amon Amarth recordings he appears on. Anderson took to his social media to share screenshots of an email exchange he had with a member of Amon Amarth's management company, 5B Artist Management, over his belief that he was, quote, wronged in the negotiated settlement he signed for his exit. In one of the emails, a management representative pointed out to Anderson that he settled for more money up front in exchange for giving up his claim to some other things, including publishing, to which Frederick responded that he wasn't keen to settle for more up front and was merely fighting to get his equal share. Along with sharing his correspondence with the Monomars management, Anderson posted his following comment on Twitter. I've seen a lot of comments like, there's always two sides. Well, here it is. They did nothing wrong. We fought. They won meaning they're perfectly fine erasing my 17 years, and as I couldn't defend my share, they have no problem ripping me off. Done. It sounds like he's a little bitter. Okay. But the thing is, again, it sounds like they didn't do anything wrong. He was offered a deal, he took it, and now he's complaining. Mm. So, I mean, in all honesty, when it comes to that sort of thing, I think he doesn't have anything to really complain about because he made a decision to sign the papers. He wasn't forced. So, it's not on them. Yeah. All right. Alcoholica. So, Swedish drinks producers, brands for fans, have struck a new collaboration with Kiss for forthcoming spirits in a deal brokered by Epic Rights. The plan is to take the band's spirit releases to a premium level. As of today, there are only there are two products in the pipeline with more information to be revealed shortly. 
The premium spirits will be available in Europe, Japan, and Australia by the end of 2020. Kiss's collaboration by Brands for Fans comes after many years of the, of the company's successful work with other music artists like Motorhead, Slayer, Ghost, Judas Priest, and Scorpions. Unrelated to that, but cool, cool little note. There was a there was a rock and roll bar uh, in Fredericksburg when we went. That's cool. And there was a sign on their window that said uh, a Tude Le Mans sold here. Oh, Maggie, that's a Tude Le Mans beer. Yeah, that's sold, awesome. Was sold there. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm sure they have. They might even have the trooper on tap by that point. Uh, they didn't have anything about that, but maybe. Interesting. 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 All right, you ready for some merchandising? Merchandising. Merchandising. Anthrax has uh, created its own hand sanitizer. <laughs> the Stop Spreading the Disease hand sanitizer will be made available soon via Global Merchandising Services, which represents the worldwide merchandising rights for the band. The bottle features a variant of the uh, cover artwork from Anthrax's second album, 1985's Spreading the Disease. That's, that's pretty funny. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. All right, Evoke Candle Company, a luxury brand candle company that creates candle scents inspired by songs and musical memories, has announced its officially licensed Motorhead Ace of Spades candle. The candle is inspired by what is one of the most loved songs by any band ever. The track was released in 1980, blah, 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 blah. The Motorhead Ace of Spades candle features a smoked whiskey fragrance and contains the Ace of Spades artwork and main man Lemmy's immortal words, Born to lose, live to win. I kind of want that. Right? <laughs> Here's something that we definitely fucking need. Alice Cooper is gearing up to bring his fans a different type of release this fall. Something a little spicy. The beloved godfather of Shock Rock announced he has partnered with the world's largest specialty hot sauce distributor, Hot Shots. In collaboration with his publishing company, Primary Wave Music, Cooper is releasing three different hot sauces based on his hit songs, Welcome to My Nightmare, No More Mr. Nice Guy, and Poison. All three hot sauces are now available and can be found at select stores and online globally. Oh, snap. I gotta do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because those three sound fantastic. I don't even know what's in them, but the titles alone. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Because they're very fitting. Very fitting. Of course. British bootmaker Doc Martin's first collaboration with the, quote, Godfathers of Heavy Metal celebrates Black Sabbath and Paranoid's 50th anniversary and shines the spotlight on Keith Keith McMillan's equally hard-hitting artwork. The Doc Martin's Black Sabbath collection landed on October 1st. The boots feature McMillan's artwork printed over the 1468i Black Susan combat boot. I think I saw a picture of it, and they look pretty sweet. What's the cover? What's the uh, artwork? It, the first one I saw, the only one I saw was the uh, the Black Sabbath cover. Oh, the original. All over the fucking boot. Mm. It's pretty badass. Interesting. Yeah. Alright, here's a hashtag copy and paste for you. And this is actually pretty goddamn cool. If you ever doodled the logo of your favorite band on the back of your exercise book at school, and you spent hours on end staring at every detail of your favorite vinyl album cover, then this is for you. Rock and Roll Coloring presents, for the first time, officially endorsed coloring books from two of rock's greatest bands, Motorhead and Judas Priest. Featuring iconic artwork from classic albums and other instantly recognizable images, all printed on high-quality paper in a square format, fully endorsed and officially licensed, these killer designs have the potential for hours of satisfying coloring in. That's kind of awesome. 
Isn't it though? Yes. Isn't it though? Yes. Color, That's super cool. Coloring books are cool. Coloring books are cool and fucking just sitting there coloring Snackletooth for fucking ever. Yeah. You know, that's something I, I, I might consider getting the boys for a stocking stuffer. That would be awesome. All right. Unfortunately, we have no puzzles after I made a fucking headline for it separately. Of Fuckers. Course. Of course. But we have some a little bit of recording news. A little bit of recording news here. Okay. All right. Symphony X bassist Michael Pond spoke to Italy's Poison Rock about the band's plans to work on the material for their follow-up to 2015's Underworld album. He said, I think as soon as the virus stuff passes by and goes away, I think we'll start getting together and we'll start writing songs. Don't expect it to happen anytime soon. That's me saying that. Yeah. All right, hashtag, who wrote this? Just half a year after My Dying Bride returned from its break with its haunting and successful masterpiece, The Ghost of Orion... The Kindred of Yorkshire raised the curtains on the Macabre Cabaret, a new MLP that will be released on November 20th via Nuclear Blast. Fucking who wrote these shit? Wait. I missed it. Don't worry about it. My Dying Bride, new record, Macabre Cabaret, November 20th. Okay. Metal Churches, Kirk Vanderhoof, will release his new solo album, Brainchild, in early 2021. In a new interview with Pete uh, Pardo of CO Tranquility, the guitarist described the LP, which was completed two years ago, as a, quote, personal challenge. Just something I wanted to do. It's just 70s old school guitar riff rock. That is cool. That could be fun. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like Metal Church. I have one of his solo albums. So. Alter Bridge frontman Miles Kennedy has completed recording his second studio, uh, second solo album. He has used the same team that worked on 2018's Year of the Tiger, including producer Michael Elvis Beschetti, uh, engineer Jeff Mole, as well as drummer Zia Udin, and bassist Tim Tornier. 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 Cool. Yeah, I'm a fan of his, so. I like Alter Bridge. So. I like Alter Bridge. I like Alter Bridge. Tom Hunting has completed laying down the drum tracks for Exodus's long-awaited new album. So sooner or later, we're going to get one. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a little bit later. Well, then again, it might be just in time for a certain thing to come out. No spoiler. Oh, Cadaver, one of the first Norwegian death metal bands to release an LP, will unleash its new album, Edder and Bile, on November 27th, via Nuclear Blast Records. Exploding back into action for the first time since 2004, founding member and cadaver mastermind Andres Odin, who is also as a, a member of Satyricon and Order, uh, has returned to reclaim his throne as one of Europe's true death metal pioneers. He is joined in the group's current incarnation by Megadeth and former soil work drummer Kirk Verburnen. Verburnen. Exploding back into the scene. <laughs> Yeah. His his emergence has been directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> cool guys don't look like explosions. Dream Theater singer James Debris has entered the studio to begin recording a new solo album. Unlike previous LPs, Elements of Persuasion of 2005, Static Impulse of 2010, and In Permanent Residence of 2013, which were written and recorded as a collaboration with Debris' songwriting partner for over a dozen years, Matt Gilroy, the new effort is being tracked with an as-yet-undisclosed musician from Scotland. 
Right on. Steve Riley's version of L.A. Guns will release its debut album, Renegades, on November 13th via Golden Robot Records. Now, how many versions of L.A. Guns are there? Minimum two. So this is Steve Riley's. I think we talk about, uh, was it Steve Lewis or someone Lewis's? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? I'm not a fan. I don't listen to L.A. Guns. I just find this shit hilarious. All right. You ready for some live shit? Uh, if there is any. Well, it's not concerts. Remember, live albums. Okay, right, right. Right. Remember, we're still recording news here. Yes. Dream Theater have announced the latest live installment in their impressive 31-year catalog of releases. Due on November 27th, the band is set to unleash its ninth career live album, Distant Memories, live in London. Recorded at their sold-out show at the Apollo Theater in London, the live release documents the band's popular world tour in support of their latest critically acclaimed studio album, Distance Over Time, and the 20th anniversary of their seminal concept album, Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory. Did they really need another live album? Probably not. But then again, BMG has announced the release of Iron Maiden's new double live album on November 20th. There's a band that needs a new live album. (laughs) (laughs) Containing over 100 minutes of classic Maiden music and available in multiple formats, including a limited edition Mexican flag, triple colored 180 gram vinyl, and a limited edition deluxe two CD book format, Knights of the Dead, Legacy of the Beast, live in Mexico City, was recorded during the band's three sold-out arena shows there in September 2019, and it's a celebration of their Legacy of the Beast world tour, which began in 2018, and will finish next summer in Europe, God willing. I'll take 10. <laughs> so who needs another new live album, Dan? <laughs> As if on cue. <laughs> there are not Maiden, shut up. <laughs> Alright, Voivod returned with a much overdue new live release. Titled Lost Machine Live, the album was recorded in Quebec City during the worldwide touring cycle for the band's latest studio album, The Wake, and will be released on November 27th worldwide via Century Media Records. Woot. Alright. Rewind. Replay. Rebound. Reissued. The 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary reissue of Paradise Lost, fifth studio album, Draconian Times, will be released on December 4th via Music for Nations. It will be lovingly pressed onto heavyweight audiophile-approved vinyl, housed in a gatefold artwork sleeve, and presented on select and limited vinyl variants. The special 25th anniversary edition also sees the vaults open to provide a deluxe CD version that comes with a definitive disc of bonus, rare, and unreleased material from the Chacronian Times era. Furnished with new liner notes delving deep into the album's lyrical themes and exclusive memories from Paradise Lost, this is a must for fans and completists alike. That's what we're going to start calling ourselves. Not collection, not collectors, completists. I'm a completist. Oh, you are a fucking completist for sure. But speaking of that, it was 25 years ago that Ramstein emerged from Berlin with his debut album, Herzlied. 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 <laughs> Don't even try. Whatever. Celebrate this first indelible impact on global hard rock history. Ramstein and Vertigo were released limited, remastered editions of the groundbreaking LP on December 4th. So, the 25th anniversary edition of this album will feature the album's original track listing on a single CD, housed in a lavish cross-shaped digipack with deluxe slipcase, and, for the first time ever, the remastered album with HD sound will be available digitally. In addition, there will be a two-LP version with a slipcase containing two 180-gram heavyweight black vinyl discs with blue splatter effect. 
The creator of the original artwork, Dirk Rudolph, is also responsible for the, edition, the anniversary edition packaging. The booklets also contain the ba- original band portrait shot by uh, Praler, I guess. Both the CD and vinyl editions are strictly limited. Yeah. Yeah. I already have the album, so. Alright. So we are up to the good that men and women do. So the Deftones have launched a fundraising campaign called Adopt a Dot, where fans can make a charitable donation for one or, or multiple dots from the thousands of pixelated dots that comprise the, uh, the cover art of the band's uh, new album, Ohms. All proceeds will benefit the UC Davis Children's Hospital and Live Nation's Crew Nation, a global relief fund for live music crews that have been impacted by COVID-19. Donations can be made at deftones.com adopt. There are 12,995 dots available. Once a donor adopts their dot or dots, they have the ability to upload their photo to the site and be a part of the album cover for these two special causes. I don't get it. Um, so, you know how you can like adopt a star or something like that? Uh-huh. The cover album of... the cover. I've seen the cover. So, they're adopting dots. So, you adopt a dot of the, of the album cover. You can upload your photo... A photo of yourself, and I think that goes, like, on the website, it goes into the dot that you adopted, I guess. Gotcha, okay. So, anyway, they're raising money, and there's 12,000 of these fucking things. Gotcha. All right, Metallica has announced a new donation of $250,000 to help wildfire relief efforts in California and other parts of the Western United States. The band made the donation through its All Within My Hands nonprofit foundation, which was launched in 2017 to help create... Sustainable communities by tackling the issues of hunger and workforce education and encouraging volunteerism. Well, I, I'm, I wasn't sure if the wildfires were still happening or not. I think they are. I think I saw a breaking news headline that this it set a record for burning, I think, 400, 4 million acres mm, of land in California. That's terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Last but not least here for the good that men and women do, hookers and blow. Which is the project formed by longtime Guns N' Roses keyboardist Dizzy Reed and Quiet Riot guitarist Alex Grossi has announced a worldwide live stream event from the Fremont Country Club on the downtown Las Vegas Strip. The concert is being presented by Triple B TV. It will be streamed live on YouTube on Saturday, October 17th at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. In addition to the band's live performance, the event will include exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews and limited edition merchandise. The event will benefit Three Square Food Bank whose mission is to provide wholesome food to hungry people while passionately pursuing a hunger-free community. The organization combines food banking, which is warehousing canned and boxed goods, and ready-to-eat meals to be the most complete food solution for Southern Nevada. For Southern Nevada. So, in addition to Reed and Grassi, Hookers and Blow's current lineup includes Johnny Kelly of Danzig and Typo Negative, Mike Dupa of Wasp, and Naja Reed. Cool. All right. Crowdfunding. We're going to check in with Fear Factory and uh, Dino here. Just a lot of Fear Factory news. So they have a uh, GoFundMe for the production of their new record. Uh, they have a twenty-five uh, $25,000 goal. As of right now, they have raised $25,376. I wonder if people are taking away their, uh, their, their contributions after finding out that Burton Bell left the band. Well, he left the band, but he's still on the record. Oh, is he? Yeah, I mean, this album's been done for a while, apparently. Oh. Uh, so the, it, they just couldn't release it under the Fear Factory name. Mm. 
that's where all this legal stuff came through mm. and all that nonsense. Gotcha. So they have surpassed their goal. Uh, so hopefully we see a new Fear Factory. Well, yeah. We can hopefully see a new Fear Factory record relatively soon. Gotcha. All right. You ready for some concert news? Uh, if there is any. Well, remember, we don't have anything at the drive-in today. But from the comfort of your home... Obituary have announced a three-part live stream concert series featuring full album performances of Slowly Rewrought, Cause of Death, and Rare Classics. The first two streams, a Slowly Rewrought set on Saturday, October 17th, and a Cause of Death set on Saturday, October 24th, will be live from the ESI Streaming Studio in Tampa, Florida. The third stream, featuring Rare Classics and Special Tracks, will be broadcast live from Obituary's recording studio in Florida. Tickets are on sale, including various bundles for all three concerts and exclusive merch at obituarylive.com. That is cool. That is cool. I like it. Uh, Evanescence will hold a virtual concert in October to be streamed online for fans all over the world. No details yet on that. Okay. Of course, we have no festival news. Of course not. Not. Touring. We have a touring news here. Now, I wouldn't hold my breath, but Dark Tranquility have announced a fall 2021 North American headlining tour. Support on the trek will come from Obscura and Nail to Obscurity. The 46-date trek will kick off on September 2nd, 2021 in Reading, or Reading, Reading, Pennsylvania, and will make stops in Toronto, Minneapolis, and Dallas before concluding on October 19th, 2021 in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Yeah. Do you have the, the news in there about Symphony X at all? No. Oh, okay. No. Um... Did you hear something? Yes. Uh, so all the dates that they made for next year uh-huh. are getting rescheduled because they pretty much parted ways with the... Uh, oh, oh, because the, yes, yes, we haven't talked about that. Yeah. We haven't talked about that. We That should be just a discussion point, actually, at this yeah. point. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. One-offs. Sunday, September, 2nd, uh, September 20th, Joe Bonamassa truly stole the show. Performing live in real time from Raymond Auditorium, Bonamassa played his new studio album, uh, Royal Tea, recorded at Abbey Road Studios in London, in its entirety a month before its release on October 23rd, along with fan favorites from his recent 20th anniversary album, A New Day Now, which is his 23rd number one album. The legendary venue typically seats 2,300 people, but for one night only, the real crowd was the size of a major stadium, and in-house, nearly every seat was filled with a custom cardboard cutout. <laughs> the event sold over 17,000 tickets, reaching 44 countries, bringing audiences of all cultures and backgrounds together worldwide for one very special live music presentation. Considering the number of households watching concerts together from home, one ticket could actually account for an entire family, so the true number of viewers would likely skyrocket. Furthermore, there's still time to check out the uh, action. Uh, actually, no, this is probably well past. But anyway, between ticket sales and donations from the After Party Showcase, the event raised $32,000 already for Bonamassa's Fueling Musicians program presented by his nonprofit Keeping the Blues Alive Foundation. So that was just a huge show for him. In front of cardboard cutouts. Uh-huh. In front of cardboard cutouts, but streaming live to 17000 Holmes. Wow. Insane. Insane. All right. Moonspell will play a special live show in south, in the south of Portugal, an ancient town named Beja, on October 31st. At the local theater, Pax Julia, 
Originally built in 1928, the band will deliver its annual and own brand of Halloween to the world. Exclusive live concert for 300 guests, but that can be witnessed worldwide by the Wolf Pack, scattered and lying in wait for this to happen since the quarantine left all boats on shore. This makes absolutely no... Who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> that was super weird. I really should start reading these things before I put them in. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. How long have I been saying that? Uh, we've been saying it probably since I, since I started doing this. All right, you ready for some heavy metal on the charts? Yep. Are you, though? Nope. I don't think so. But we have some noteworthy points before we get started with our weekly or bi-weekly disappointments. Linkin Park's debut album, Hyper Theory, was officially certified 12 times platinum on September 11th by the RIAA for sales in excess of 12 million copies. That sounds about right. Godsmack's Bulletproof single was certified platinum by the RIAA on September 24th for accumulating 1 million certified units. Of course, we're just going to reiterate this every time we talk about it. According to the RIAA, one equivalent song unit is equal to a a single digital song sale or 150 on-demand audio and or video streams. Bulletproof was released uh, February 28th, 2018. It's the first single from Godsmack's latest album, When Legends Rise. The track was previously certified gold in the U.S. and was also the most played song on rock radio in 2018. I have never heard it. Yeah, I was going to say, you could have fooled me. Right? I, I guess I am that far out of the fucking loop right now. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily our fault here. All right. All right. Are you ready for disappointment? <laughs> Top five. Give it Top to five. You. Number one, Folklore by Taylor Swift oh, reclaimed her top spot. Number two, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. Number three, Top by Young Boy, Never Broke Again. <laughs> Number four is a new album from Alicia Keys, simply titled Alicia. Okay, that's kind of out of the blue. Yep. Number five is Juice World, Legends Never Die. Juice World. Juice World. Uh, the original... Broadway cast of Hamilton is down to number eight. That's because there's three new albums above him. I have re-picked up listening to it, so we'll bring, I'll bring him back up to number six. Yeah, you will. Just outside the top five. All right. Ready for scrolling? Yeah, I'm scrolling. Right, here we go. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Here comes a lot of greatest hits. Yeah, pretty much. It's going to be a whole lot of boring stuff. All right. Speaking of greatest hits, Queens, greatest hits, number 35. Okay. So you know that they are number one, of course, on the hard rock charts. Yep. Wow. Apparently, that's weird. Run the Jewels has a re-entry of their album, RTJ4. So I guess Run the Jewels 4. Anyway, it's a re-entry at number 42. Mm-hmm. Very, okay. very out of nowhere for me. Uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, number 47. Creedence Clearwater Revival, greatest hits, number 53. 53. Yeah, yeah. Journey's greatest hits, 67. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fit for a King. Fit for a King. New record. Debuts. Number 70. Okay. Just out of nowhere, you know. I have no idea who that is. They're one of the bands I listen to. Ah. Uh, uh. Oh, shit. Number 81. New album from Ace Fraley. Origins, Volume 2. I think it's his cover album. Seriously? Yeah, number 81. 
Number 85, new album from Yusuf Islam. T for the Tillerman. So that is Cat Stevens. That is not a new album. That has got to be a reissue. Uh, it says T for the Tillerman 2. Uh, then yes, that is a new album. I don't know. Okay, I need to catch up on his stuff. Alright, ACDC Black, Back in Black, number 87. 87. Mm-hmm. And then we wait. Yep, and then, oh, Beatles number one is number 101. Just a lots of ones here. The Beatles Abbey Road, number 119. Nope. Leonard Skinner's Greatest Hits, 124. Bigger nope. <laughs> a re-entry for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Greatest Hits, 125. Why do you do this? Why not? We gotta talk about something. <laughs> we Are Chaos, a new album from Marilyn Manson. It's at number 127. Uh, it was at number 8 last week, actually. Oh, in, wow. in between uh, podcasts. Guns N' Roses, Avatar for Destruction is at 129. Never mind. By Nirvana, 132. And scroll rolling. Michael Jackson, here he can dance. Oh, would you get over that? <laughs> That's been a running joke for five years, Dan. How can I get over that? Uh, Eagles, their greatest hits, number 146. Red Hot Chili Peppers, greatest hits, 149. Uh, Billy Joel, yada, yada, yada. You can't just yada, 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 Billy Joel. Bob Seger, 164. Fleetwood Mac, Greatest Hits, 169. Movements, another band I listened to the recently, or I, or the, at least on the queue, is 171 with their new album. That's irritating. Oh, yeah, that's done. We're done. That's it. That's it. That's it. That wow. was wow. That <laughs> that wow. That was it. I was waiting for like the, the surprise at the end, but nope. That yeah. was very anticlimactic. Yeah, because about to say I can hear a whole lot of goats being blown right now. So <laughs> wow. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Okay, well, I mean. That's a sour note to end on. So uh, do we, I don't even, like that was so sour that I don't even want to talk about what we were going to talk about. Yeah, because that's even sourer. Sourish. You know what? We should just bring that. We should bring that up as as old news. Uh, next podcast. Yeah, we'll start. We'll start with we'll, a discussion and then with the discussion. Yeah, I think we. I think we could do that. Yes. that sounds like a good idea. All right. So for now, we're going to take our leave, and next time we'll be a little bit more prepared because this guy. This guy gets Fridays off. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he's going to be looking at crowdfunding. Oh, shit. For, for a change. And also, you know, catching Pokemon. <laughs> Dude, fucking catching Pokemon. You fucking ruined me. You know that? You uh, know that? Yeah, I know. I, I have... I have ruined you. Hey, anybody else who's into Pokemon Go, let us know. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, no, no. Because it's, it's you, me, and Bird right now. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're speaking uh, of bird, trying to catch a murkrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so un- until next time, 
I'm Dan Mack. <laughs> and I'm Chris Mack. And we are the slime. No, we're Pokemon trainers, damn it. I wanna be the very best. <laughs>